I love the caption on the video, a special day. I guess special means, eh, you won't forget it when you're about burning your house down. Oh, man, but uh, so glad you're here this morning, and uh, sorry you drew the short stick, and, and you're here on, on the morning that uh, we'll be bringing uh, the message to you, but um, I, was, I started thinking about the date and uh, what's going on, you know, in, in our lives and in the world, and, you know, Thanksgiving oftentimes gets run over, you know. Uh, especially this year, because it just seems like it's in a weird time, you know, and it's just, we, we, we're going to come back here next Sunday, and it's going to be December, and we don't have a Thanksgiving thing, and it's just, it just it, this year just felt like it's just coming at a really weird time. And uh, so I started thinking, all right, so what do we do for Thanksgiving? What do we do uh, to give thanks? And, uh, you know, the, the, the flesh side of you starts going to the, well, there's all this, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. But you know what? There, there's, there's always going to be something going on in our lives. There's always going to be some struggle, some issue, some thing, some shortfall, some, some, something that comes up in our lives. And uh, it had me thinking uh, in home group, we were talking about uh, little Trace Gallardo, which uh, I think I saw him this morning, didn't I? Man. You talk about a kid tougher than a light or not. I mean, he's got a couple of brain surgeries. He just shows up to church. Some days it's cold. I don't want to get to church, but, you know, that, that kid shows up, man. And uh, so we were talking about it in our group thread, in our home group, uh, on our uh, group me text, and just thinking, man, he's got another surgery, you know, like two Thursdays ago. And, but thought just hit me, man, keep his fork. He needs to keep his fork. And that goes back to an older home group story based on something that happened forever ago. See how this thing keeps building on itself? Now, everybody had the opportunity to get a fork when you came in this morning, and uh, hopefully you won't have to use it on anybody before you get out of here today, but if you do, it is plastic and it shouldn't cause great damage. But the reason for the idea of keep your fork, and I got the shirt to, to, to prove it, goes back to when I was a kid. And... Um, my dad might remember it. My dad's here with us today, and uh, he might remember this, but I know he remembers the chocolate pie, and uh, when I was a kid, Sunday afternoon, he had the, the, the big Sunday lunch, and uh, one of the things that I absolutely loved was my grandma and my mom would make chocolate pie. Now, this is, this is not just some store-bought chocolate pie with the white junk on top. This is like legit chocolate pie. It's fantastic. And the, the idea of keep your fork is because you, you get through eating and nobody wants to wash multiple utensils, right? So you just lick the fork off, keep it, and then you eat your pie. So I just remember grandma and my mom saying, keep your fork, keep your fork. Best is yet to come, right? Because the pie's coming. So in our lives, we have these things that come up and it's like, how do we keep our fork? What does it mean to keep our fork? Well, it means that we're going to hang on. We're going to hold on because we know something better is coming. And so we've had, in the last year and a half, two years almost, um, we've had the opportunity to hold on to our fork when we wanted to throw it away uh, back in May of 2018 when Aaron was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I know that's not news to anybody uh, in here. Uh, for the vast majority of you, it is news to some of you. But, uh, man, these folks in this room and those that aren't here today have just blown us away with your love, support, and prayers, and we are so thankful. And during all that, one of the themes that kept coming up was just keep your fork, keep your fork. Something better's coming, something better's coming. And I'm not going to 
tell the whole story because Aaron's going to come and help us uh, tell the story because she can tell it so much better than I can. But um, we all got something, you know, we all got chemo, we got surgery, we got uh, the loss of a parent, the loss of a child, whatever it is. When are we going, what are we going to do to keep our fork and how do we do that when this stuff that's unexpected is coming up? Because, you know, when, when something good's coming, it's not really a surprise that something good happens next. But a lot of times when things are going wrong, we think things are always going to be wrong. We start going down that path mentally. And we just can't see that something better can happen and will happen because God uses everything. And we're going to see that as we talk about the story today. And if you hear nothing else, just I want you to hear this, that the only reason that I'm here, the only reason that we're here together this morning is because of Jesus. He is... Uh, the, the perfect gift, the perfect sacrifice that was sent to us on our rescue mission. And if you don't know who Jesus is, I just want you to just think about everything that's shared today, everything that's said is because of who Jesus is, the truth of who he is and, and who, he, um, who he is to us. He's our savior. He's our, he's our friend. He's, he's whatever it takes at that time. So everything we're going to talk about today, it's not just what we learn, what I've learned or we are learning, because you never just learn it all and be done. We're still in this process of learning. It's not just the last year and a half, but it's been reinforced uh, over time. So if you pull out your outline, the program there, we're going to fill in a couple of blanks. It'll be a little interactive here, and we're going uh, to plow through a couple of the things that God has taught us over this last year and a half, and what's okay and what's not okay. So when it comes to keeping our fork, the first thing we got to do is realize that, number one, we can be blank, but we can't stay that way. Now, I left this blank intentionally because it's up to you. You can put all kind of emotions in there. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be, you know, happy. Whatever emotion it is that you want to put in that blank, that's yours to put in. So I'm going to leave that one up to you. And I'm sure some type A personalities are thinking, just tell me what to put in the blank. But um, you can put sad. That's okay. So whatever you want to put in that blank, you can put, it, put that in there. Because see, when Wes and Kelly aren't here, we just go crazy. We don't even fill in blanks. I know. It's so wild. So it's okay to be whatever, but we, it's not okay to stay that way. And the reason I can say that is if you just look at the life of Jesus, Jesus is fully man and he's fully God. And he, he had emotions as well. I just went through and looked at it real quick. Some examples. Uh, my favorite Jesus, he had anger at hypocrisy in the temple, flipping the tables and taking off belts and ready to whip people. Oh, I love that one. Uh, he experienced disgust at how others were treated. He, dis- he expressed sorrow at the impact of sin and the loss of uh, a loved one for his friends. That's all his friends were grieving. He experienced frustration at a lack of faith in others. He expressed agony about pending pain in his death. He experienced exhaustion from ministry and the demands that that put on him. So he, fully man, fully God, experiencing these emotions. So that's when it took me back to Ephesians 4.26. And it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Three times there 
that stuck out to me. Three times, you want to circle it or whatever it is you want to do, just put emphasis on that. But three times, what's said there? Do not, right? Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down. Do not give the devil a foothold. So I started thinking about what does that mean when you give the devil a foothold? I think when you give the devil a foothold is when you go to that dark place mentally. You know, you go to that dark place and think, man, this is just too hard. This is just too tough. What's the hope in this? Why is this happening? All those things. And I can tell you that for, for me, in the last year and a half, uh, that dark place came on what I call the third worst day of my life was uh, when Aaron is in full-blown uh, throes of chemo. And uh, for a couple of days, just hair is coming out in clumps. And uh, nothing prepares you guys. And if you're a young married man or young man dating, just know that one day you may have to shave your wife's head because her hair is falling out due to chemo, because she has cancer. And that's when you learn what better or worse is all about. Because I didn't care if she had hair or not. I didn't. That, that's not, I, I'm not, you know, Randy Travis, I'm not just in love with your hair. And if it all fell out, I'd love you anyway. But I knew that it was a big deal for her. And I knew that it was when she was going to, quote, look sick and uh, man that was a rough day and if I had stayed in that place if I had stayed in that that mindset man what a tremendous blessing I would have missed as I've seen God use cancer chemo all these things that I would not want to wish on anybody but God has used it because and I'm gonna let her tell a little bit of the story she decided that if I'm going to have cancer, if I'm going to have chemo, then God's going to use it, and I'm not just going to let it, let it win. So life lesson number one that I had to, to, to learn is that what we know is greater than what we feel. What we know is greater than what we feel. I'm not telling you, suck it up, buttercup, and move on. I'm not telling you that at all. I'm telling you, that when you get to those places where you don't know what's happening, you can't even pray. That's why you got others. You got other believers. You got the Bible. You got the truth of His Word. You've got whatever it takes to get yourself out of that place. Maybe it's professional counseling. Maybe it's whatever it is. There's there's things, and we have certain things uh, at the church that we can connect you with to help you. The biggest thing would be getting get connected in a home group which is going to lead us to number two. And that it's okay to need others because his, it's His design to need others. It's okay to need others because it's His design to need others. If you'll notice, nursery area, we worship, kids worship, center point, adults. We all have large group celebratory worship and we have small group connection. That's just who we are. It's okay to need others because we're designed to need others. Life lesson number two. Everybody knows this one by now. If you've been here any length of time, I would think we are better together. Some of you have the t-shirt on this morning. We are better together. That took me to 1 Corinthians 12. I didn't put all the passages on your outline, but I want to read a few to you. So 1 Corinthians 12, 
12 says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each of you, and each one of you is part of it. So we all have a role. We all have a, a role to play in this body. And from this bigger body, we have smaller cells. And uh, when we first started at Cedar Creek Church, the, the big enough to celebrate, small, uh, big enough to celebrate uh, was one of the, the things they misspelled celebrate on purpose for C-E-L-L, as the cells of the body, the smaller groups, the home groups that make up the bigger part of the body. And uh, what I've done, to, what I want to do now is invite Hank and Christy Brooks to come up. Uh, they're going to share some stuff with us. We're going to just talk through uh, how they've seen this live out. So let's give Christy and Hank a round of applause here. <laughs> Mike, we're on Mike B. I know Christy likes to hold microphones. Talk, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nah. All right, so Hank and Christy here, they have been a part of Cedar Creek for how long? Almost five years. Five years. Very good. And uh, Hank is one of our center point leaders. And Christy is uh, serving in Kids Creek, and uh, they both together have uh, led a home group for two years. Two years, yeah. Let's two call years. it two. Yeah, yeah we'll good. Thank you. About two years, and uh, so they have they have a really cool story. And I'm I, let me just say this: I know there's a, a hundred different stories in here that'd be really good, but I wanted these folks to go up here and share their story because. Still, still building, and they're still keeping their fork. So, your journey has been long. We're not going to go through all of it. Um, which, by the way, thank you for the message the other day for for Project Christmas Kids. But I'll get back to that in just a minute. So, how have you experienced the thought that what we know is greater than what we feel? So, for us, when we came to Cedar Creek almost five years ago, we were in a really um, hard part of our life. We had been um, trying to have children for a long time. Um, we were going through, Hank was going through a career change at that time, and we had just moved to Aiken, and um, just through a series of events, came to Cedar Creek not knowing that we needed a group of people like this. We had never been a part of a church that had home groups. Um, they had Sunday school classes and just a very different type um, and so I felt really alone. Growing up in church, um, I knew that I wasn't alone. Um, I knew that I had Christ. I knew that I had family members. Um, but all of our family lives at, at least two hours away. At that time, most of them lived on my side of family in Indiana. And so I just felt really alone. I knew I wasn't alone, but I felt it was probably one of the darkest parts of, of my life. Um, and just didn't know where to go or that I even really needed a group of people. Yeah, I can remember um, it was the first of the year, and um, the big question that we had was, hey, are we going to go to church on Sunday? <laughs> and, uh, you know, holidays and Christmas and everything had hit, and I'm like, man, we, 
be really easy just to stay in bed. Now, it's a little difficult when you have Martins driving by your house every day. That's a, that's, you could put a period right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we knew, we knew eventually we were going to, um, you know, we were going to have to come out and check out church. And so we just, we just said, you know, Hey, if, if we're going to do this, let's, let's not delay the inevitable. Let's, let's go check it out. And, um, during that, that series was one where Philip was talking about, uh, restoration and it was restoring your body, restoring your finances, restoring your relationships. And, uh, and at the end of the service, I was like, well, I guess, I guess we're on the hook for the rest of this series, huh? Like, at least for that. <laughs> at least for that. Um, and then through that, we ended up, like I said, getting connected with Home Group. Um, and even from there, um, I mean, Cedar Creek has been a defining part of our story now. Very cool. So, um, Christy touched on it briefly there about the, 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 the desire to have a family and to have kids. And um, it, it looking a different way, and uh, so you guys were were decided to get involved with the group, and um, you decided to go down the road to become foster parents, and uh, you fostered how many? Uh, so we've we've had in our home through foster care three, three, okay, um, and then you know it was a really hard road when um, through. Through Sarah, you know, where we had the opportunity to adopt, there was just it was a very long process. Yeah. Um, and I can remember at one point, you know, and, and you try there. The point of foster care is that hopefully the children will end up, you know, with their biological family mm-hmm. because they have, uh, for whatever reason, that they get their life right and that family is restored, um, and that's what you want to happen. But sometimes that doesn't. Right. Um, and so, you know, we were going through this process and we had people who were telling us, you know, that we, we really expect for, uh, this to come to adoption. This is, and so we were really excited about that. Um, but there were a lot of snags that hit the road. And I can remember at one point just being really upset, especially, uh, times when you would go to court, uh, cause you just don't know, you know, a swing of a gavel, everything changes and it goes out the window and, uh, and I was really frustrated one day, thought that it wasn't going to happen, you know, that things weren't going to move forward. And they didn't, to be honest with you. They, they just got, in, in foster care, you hear the word continued a lot, um, which is really frustrating. It means basically nothing's happening, it's just right. staying the way that it is, uh, which is kind of what I was expecting. And uh, so we walked into that waiting room, and it's really quiet. People there are obviously upset. And, uh, and you were there. And... Uh, which was really weird that you were like, I had no idea you were going to be there. And uh, it was just one of those things where it was like, you know, God's got people in our life that are here and it's going to be okay. Um, I forgot about that. um, It's exactly what I thought of that on the day of our adoption, we turned the corner and there were 50 people from this church that were standing there um, to celebrate with us. And, you know, it wasn't the first, seeing people in that waiting room wasn't the first time that we'd see, seen people from Cedar Creek uh, there. And even though you weren't there to support us that day. Uh, yes, I was. No, 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 no. The first day. Oh, okay. The right. first day. The second day you were, yeah. I was about to keep my fort right no. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, you know, in that moment, just, just the shaking of a hand, the yeah. hug was, a, was yeah. enough to be like, hey, you know, 
God's here for us and God's got us and, and that kind of stuff really carries us through. And I would add to that, like the home group has been there during the celebrations of adoption and the arrival of children, but they've also been there in the really hard parts of um, family illness and surgery, but also for us, um, we've had two little girls who went back to families, and one of them was a great situation and um, is was a wonderful release back to family, and one wasn't. One was a, a situation where we knew that this child was going back to um, not a good situation and that uh, that it was very hard for us. And um, people in our home group are actually the ones who came and made me leave my house after this, after literally being in bed for days and not wanting to get up and move on with life. Um, two women in my home group literally made me go to lunch with them and made me realize life is still going to go on even though you're hurting, and it goes back to what you're talking about, what you feel versus what you know. Yeah. I knew that life was going to go on. I knew that God still had a plan for us. I knew, but in that moment, life was over. What my, my dream of being a mom and just the compounding thought of years and years of um, just trying to have a family and finally thinking, man, we're, we're leading down a path that's going to lead to us having a forever family, um, in that moment, I, I couldn't see what I knew because of how bad I felt. And it was those women who helped me get up out of bed and realize that there are still people who love me. God still has a plan for me. And we just got to yeah. hold on to our fork yeah. and, and wait for those things to come. And now, four years later, I can, I can see that God did have a plan. And without the first foster child, we we probably wouldn't have Sarah, who is our forever child. And um, and that God still has a plan for that. Yep. And to top it all off, here's why I wanted to ask them. Because what's happening next year? Anything happening next year? So we're having a baby in March. <laughs> um, which, again, was a complete shock. Um, complete. Complete shock. We've we've been married eleven years and have wanted a family for eleven years, and um, God's just really good. And it was funny. We were not that we weren't excited to tell our our biological family, but we were also just as excited to tell our our home group family and our church family because, and most of them found out before our family. Um, because of Sarah. Sarah did a great job that morning. <laughs> she sure did. Um, just because they live it out with us week after week. Um, our family is mostly in Greenville, hours away, um, and they know our struggles, but they don't live our struggles out with us on a day-to-day -day basis. Awesome. Thank y'all for coming up and sharing your story. Thank you so much. So we'll be... Uh, let's have baby showers and all kind of cool stuff happening here. In March, that's cool. That's cool. Ah, number three. This is a tough one. It's okay to not be in control because you really aren't. Life lesson number three is that control is an illusion. Control is an illusion. Matthew fourteen, 
And just prior to this passage, I'm going to read to you. I got some of the verses on your outline. But just prior to this, Jesus fed 5,000. He had his disciples there. They saw it. They experienced it. But let's go on to Matthew 14, 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills to pray by himself to pray. Night fell, and he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. Just don't, just don't over, you know, just glance over that. He went to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Cool. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. <laughs> then the disciples worshipped him. Yeah, it makes me laugh. I like their, their, the, the last statement there. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Guys, you just saw him feed 5,000. You saw him walk on water. You saw all this stuff happen. Oh, you really are. That just tickles me. So while we're in the boat, everything's good. But then a storm is going to hit. It's not a matter of if a storm is going to hit. It's a matter of when the storm is going to hit. A couple of things that I pulled out of that passage. And you, if you want to jot them down, you can. But the first thing is to look for Jesus and keep looking to Jesus. You've got to look for Jesus and keep looking to Jesus. Although a storm surrounded him, Peter looked to Jesus. The only problem is that he stopped looking at Jesus. And the principle there is pretty clear. Especially when life has a, has a storm. Look for Jesus and keep looking to Jesus. Number two, kind of our, our theme uh, for, for Aaron's chemo battle and cancer battle was fear will sink you. You see, you see there, when Peter had faith, he walked on water. When he had fear, he sank in the water. Same is true for you. Fear is going to sink us if we fall into it. Third thing, you can choose to worry or worship. In an instant, the men went from worrying about dying to worshiping God. They had a choice right there at the end. And here's where I, th I think Peter may, may get a little bit shortchanged. And for me, this is a great encouragement. It's that it, a little bit of faith is better than no faith. Because a little bit of faith, because Jesus said, Peter, ye of little faith, why did you doubt me? That little bit of faith actually got out of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. The rest of the guys were hanging out in the boat itself. And the last thing is just to remember these guys just saw a miracle happen. They just saw all this stuff that took place. But they forgot because they got their eyes off Jesus and onto the storm, onto the things that are happening. They didn't keep the fork. So my awesome crew is going to come up here. Aaron and Bryce and Haley are going to come up. And we're going to talk through just a couple things here. So if you will, welcome them up here.
grab that. There be. All right, honey, let Bryce sit there. Get the right angle. There you go. Bryce, you excited? You nervous? That's all right. It's okay. So, first of all, I just want to tell y'all, um, if you've invested in our kids in the last 16 years in any way, I don't care if you greeted them at the door, you gave them a snack, you led a small group, you taught them a Bible verse, you did whatever in center point, thank you. Because, uh, man, they're awesome kids. We love them. We're thankful to have a church family to invest uh, in our kids the way you guys have. So, going back to May 2018, don't want to do that again, right? So, where have we, where, what's been your role of emotions as we've gone through all this? Um, so, uh, flip it. There we go. Nope. Oh, sorry. Um, so, let's see. I will say this um, grief is definitely not linear. It is uh, more of a ping-pong ball, because um, there were times I, I thought I was bipolar a couple of times during this last year and a half. Like, I would be just uh, just extreme, just in awe, and just so thankful and humbled, and, and then literally 30 minutes later, I'd be a puddle of tears on the floor. So, um, yeah, I, I, I had the spectrum of emotions. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so Bryce and Haley here, I'm going to give them the opportunity to share for a second. How has uh, your center point leaders and, and being a part of your small groups or in center point or, or just church in general, how has that helped um, ever since mom was diagnosed? Haley, I had a girl. Um, pretty much like every Sunday we would pray throughout the whole journey and I'm I know everyone in the small group had my mom on their minds even whenever we weren't at church and just everyone in the small group was really supportive and helped throughout that whole journey so when I heard mom had her breast cancer awareness I know that the rest of my center point friends have been there supporting her and yep. been praying for her yep. because it did kind of scare me a little sure sure and we had um Folks that took you guys out to eat and took you guys out to movies and did all kind of different things with y'all. So um, just to show you the power of, of being connected in a small group. If sure. So um, I know a lot of you know, you know, if, if you bought a shirt or, or a bracelet or whatever, our, our family verse for this, uh, for our cancer journey was um, Psalm 34.4, um, which is, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord, he answered me, he delivered me from all my fears. The reason, what you might not know, is the reason that that was our family verse, um, and this, I just want to shout out to Kids Creek and, and Centerpoint, um, 
in May of 2018, Centerpoint was actually doing, and this is just how beautiful God works, but um, they were actually studying the importance of memorizing scripture because when stuff happens, you'll know where to go. Like, you'll know what to look for. And so, you know, next to being told uh, you've got breast cancer, actually telling the kids was the second hardest thing that we had to do, without a doubt. And um, so we told them the day, May 23rd, and, um, you know, we all had a good cry, and we talked to them about it's okay to be scared, and, you know, we're going to get through this. And then once everybody had kind of calmed down and and whatnot, um, Haley went and grabbed her Bible off of the bookshelf, and I wish you could have seen her because, I mean, she's flipping, and she knows exactly where she wants to go, and that's the verse that she pointed to. And, man, I just was Lord, it was a perfect, it was a perfect scripture verse, and she wouldn't have necessarily known that if, you know, over the last 14 years of, you know, Kids Creek and Centerpoint, um, just pouring into both of them, so I, I'm just super, super thankful and grateful for everyone that serves. Yeah, no doubt, um, and there's so much more we could, we could tell and we could share, and, um, but I think just the biggest thing for me is just thank you for, for your prayers. And um, we're going to keep a fork because we're not quite done yet. So thank you all for coming up. Thank you. So when it comes to control, I had to, I had to wrestle that to the ground. I had to wrestle with myself about I can't I can't fix this I can't fix this for her I, it doesn't matter what I do I, I can't make it better and I can't walk the road for her but I can walk it with her and that's what I decided I was going to do I, I couldn't couldn't carry the, the the sickness and the disease for her but I could walk with her through it that's what I decided to do. And the other thing about control is that I had to repeatedly wrestle Romans 8.28 to the ground. Because Romans 8.28 sounds good. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And what I had to wrestle to the ground is that that is either true or it is not true. And I just decided I got to wrestle that thing to the ground, and, and I had to to get to a point where I what I knew exceeded what I felt, and that yeah we're going to uh, we're going to trust God and let uh, let Him be the one that guides us. You have the if you have a picture for me, yeah, because when we took that picture. You couldn't have you couldn't have told me that. God's in it. God's going to deliver us. I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew that it stunk super bad at that point. I knew that life was not a lot of fun. I knew that my wife was sick and she was hurting in a lot of ways. And uh, man, but look at that, that big head of hair she's got now. And it's not about the hair. So in closing question I got for you is where do you need to keep your fork? Where do you need to trust God is going to be God? When are you going to trust or where in your life do you need to 
to just believe that God is going to carry you through this. Whether it's the, the emotions, it's the doubt, it's the fear, it's the physical thing, it's the financial shortfall. Whatever it is that you're encountering right now, where are you going to keep your fork? And what are you going to do? Because Peter had to get out of the boat. So what's your step? What does it practically look like for you to take that step and to keep your fork and know that the best is yet to come and God has you no matter what? Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for today. God, thank you for the opportunity. God, I pray that uh, something that we've said this morning, something that we've shared, the truth of, of, of your word, uh, the love of your people, the love of Jesus, God, I pray that uh, everything uh, this morning brought honor and brought glory to you. God, I pray for my friends in this room. Uh, there's so many things that are happening in this room, God. There's relational tensions. There's marriages that are in conflict. There's children that are sick. There's parents that are sick. There's uh, just joblessness. Just all kinds of struggles, God. But God, I pray that we, uh, we just embrace that what we know about you is greater than what we feel at this moment. That we can trust that you are who you say you are. And we can trust that everything has a purpose, it has a plan, and it can be used by you. We love you, God. In your name we pray. Amen.